Thank you, Lord, that we do not have to hope just in ourselves. Thank you that that day is coming. Thank you that you are near. You are coming near. You are present here. Lord, we pray that you would help us to notice you and see you and respond to you today. Thank you for this chance we've had to worship. Help us to hear from your word as well, Jesus. Speak to us. We desperately need to hear from you, to have you here. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, we want to pray for the kids. Thank you for all of our children. And as the preschoolers go back this way and the nursery and, and big house elementary kids go that way, we pray blessing upon them, grace upon them, and their learning. Amen. So we... Uh, <clears throat> Andy, did you want to explain your art? Next. Um, okay, next week. Um, well, the uh, we're just uh, grateful for all that we're doing. So I wanted to bring a couple of uh, words of just uh, uh, family news. Um, Pastor Mike had surgery again yesterday, took out more cancer, um, and he had some blood thinners, and so he's been, he uh, had quite a bit of bleeding and uh, was still on a respirator when I talked to Pastor Justin last night, and kind of aware, but not quite back, so we need to be praying for Pastor Mike. Um, once again, and there's some others of us having surgery, some others of us who have COVID, some others of us, some of you heard that I, uh, I had a little bit of, uh, strange things. I still see some gray snow and cobwebs as I look at you now. So I went into the doctor and they said, oh, uh, let's check you out. And they uh, did a laser surgery at a retinal tear. So, but uh, the whole time, uh, Saturday I went to the emergency room and went back on Wednesday, I was like, wow, 15 minutes away, I can go and, and have this kind of attention. I mean, not everything was perfect in the emergency room, but it, but, you know, to just say, oh, well, we just need to do laser surgery, so just come in here, we'll zap you 600 times, and we'll take care of that. Um, so, um, thank you for those of you who prayed, because I texted, I didn't know that was happening, so I texted a few people, and a, a number of people prayed, and a number of people have been asking me, so um, I guess it's just uh, go back Wednesday, and it should be, uh, the blood should be clearing out of my eye, I should be able to see. Of course, that's all dependent on God, right? Every time we see, we, uh, we, uh, Know that God is, uh, so anyway, I won't be taking any specks out of your eye, just, uh, just today. Um, so uh, we've been reading through Matthew, and, and uh, he's got these things about eye and eyes in there. It's just very, very relevant to, uh, um, and uh, yeah, and so let's pray. Lord, we just pray. We thank you for your healing. Um, for those who are helping with healing, God, we pray for those who are sick with COVID, those who are having surgery this week, those, thank you for your healing to me. Pray that you'd continue to heal. And Lord, we pray, especially for Pastor Mike, that you would heal him completely, quickly. Lord, you know all that he has gone through. We ask, please be merciful to him, our brother. God, you know the other wounds and hard things, the healing that we need in our hearts, in our relationships, 
in our minds, in our emotions, in our... Lord, all the healing that is needed, we ask you to do that healing because we can't. Lord, we ask for your healing in every area of our lives and us corporately as well. In Jesus' name, amen. So um, <clears throat> we are going through our... Um, Focusing on our theme and also kind of uh, talking about our values and what we are as a house of prayer for all nations, what that means. So we've been talking about um, a year to seek treasure. So 2013, our year to seek treasure. And we've been talking about where do you look for this treasure? We're on a treasure hunt. Where do we look to find this treasure? Um, so we're looking every direction, down, up, in, and out. In these, I'm going to be preaching on each of those directions. We also have some other people preaching. Pastor Justin did a great job last week talking about um, looking down. Sylvia's going to be preaching about looking up in a couple weeks. And uh, this week, so last week we talked about down. We looked at Bethel and our kind of founding verse, why we call ourselves Bethel, that comes from, and I'm going to just skim, remind us of this, Jacob running away. Jacob had tried everything, doing everything he could to make things work for himself, and finally he's all fallen apart. And he is needing something, but he doesn't know what. And God, who has been there since before he was born, shows up. And he has this picture of the stairway, not Babel, building something ourselves to get to God, but God coming to us. And when it comes to this up question, this is the thing that gets me why do I not pray? Why do I not worship? It's because I think I can do it somehow. I'll manage. And I rely on myself, and it really never works out. Because it turns out I really don't got it. And Jacob has come to the end of himself, and God shows up. Or maybe he just notices that God's been there all along. And I... I Got this off the slide, um, but it's supposed to say God's presence up there. Just reminding you, what's more, I am with you. So, of course, this is fitting that you can't see it because that's what happened. We missed God's presence, right, when he's with us. He says, I am with you. And, that, and Jacob says, wow, this is the house of God, the gateway to heaven. And Bethel, he, said, he calls it the house of God. He, he pours oil on, on this stone and he makes this deal with God, who just promised to give him everything. Then he makes the deal. Well, if you'll possibly give me stuff, then I will I'll worship you. And, uh, and so I was going to use this to talk about prayer. And then I realized Jacob doesn't pray. What? God shows up and he says, wow, this is the house of God. And if God will do this, God will do that. Then I'll worship him. He pours some oil in the store, whatever. But he doesn't talk to God. It's quite a few chapters before Jacob actually talks to God. Wow. Jacob is an idiot, just like me. God's right there, and he doesn't talk to him. God shows up, and angel's going up and down, and he wakes up, and he doesn't talk to God. Anybody else forget to talk to God? Oh, one. Thank you. Um, two, three, four. Okay, there's a few. Um, and a few 
less honest people. Um, God is here. This is Bet-El, the house of God, but Jacob doesn't even talk to him. Doesn't pray. He worships in a certain way, and he makes a deal, but he doesn't pray. So Bethel, that house of God, that connection to the nations, and God has shown up. Now, we've been using this, which is from our logo, where God reveals himself, shows up, and the presence of God is in that house. God is present in that house of God, Bethel. Last time we talked about true to the word, true to the word, and alive in the spirit, that foundation coming down, that's down under us, also coming down from us, that revelation of God in the Word Jesus, in the Word of God, the Bible, and how that is foundational to us. But there's also this presence that God shows up by His Spirit daily as well. And so um, this is our year to seek treasure. Where do we look for treasure? It comes down, but there's God's presence there. God is here. Now, do you actually believe that? Or is this just church lingo? And not just here, but in your daily life. How often do you actually notice? I mean, God has been with Jacob his whole life. And finally, he whacks him upside of the head while he's sleeping on this rock. And Jacob is like, oh, God's here. Any of you ever... Had God slap you upside the head? And then did you forget the next day? Like Jacob goes on and starts making all these deals and trying to make things work for himself. How do we respond? So this, today we're talking about tre seeking treasure up. We're talking about God coming down, but there's also the up on that stairway. There's that response back to God's presence, God's revelation. How do we respond to God? God's here, so we respond with prayer and worship. So that's what that up arrow is about. Our response of prayer and worship, that conversation is meant to be a conversation. Because this is a house of prayer. Now, let me trace really fast how this concept goes through Scripture. So we remember back in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve... We're in the garden. God walked with them day by day. He talked with them. He instructed them. And then they tried to do it on their own. Right? Well, I could, I could figure out knowledge by myself, what's good and evil. And, and maybe God's kind of trying to squeeze me out of something. And they become naked and ashamed, and they have to leave the garden. And that presence of God very close to them, God protects them from his holiness because they're not holy. Right? And then we have God showing up to Abraham. God showing up different times. God showing up here to, to God showing up. And then there's this tabernacle, this place where God in his holiness, that touch between heaven and earth, between God's presence and earth that's holy, but he's right in the midst of his people. And then it becomes a temple, that house of God, the house where his name, Yahweh's name, is his presence is there. And it's a house of prayer. People go there to worship, to sacrifice, to say thanks, to say, forgive me, I'm sorry, to, to be in touch with that place where God is present among them. 
In Isaiah 56, it talks about the house of prayer for all nations because it's supposed to be a place where all the nations will be blessed and all the nations can pray. Those who feel like outcasts can come to meet with God. That's the passage where we get talking about ourselves as a house of prayer for all nations. A house of prayer because a place where God meets us. Jesus shows up in that house. He goes there regularly to pray. He shows up as a baby. He shows up, but he goes to asking questions in the temple. And then he, sh he shows up and he casts the people out. And he says, this is supposed to be a house of prayer for all nations. What are you doing in my father's house? And that changes the dynamic a little bit, doesn't it? Because now it's his father's house. Earlier you said, what? didn't you know I'd be with my father? If it's our father's house, it feels different. Now, it's true that <clears throat> in our society, we tend to be a little more on the easy, buddy-buddy, familiar side of this, where they got the holiness of God better. But Jesus puts them together. This is Yahweh. This is the God of all creation. This is the God, the Lord of angel armies. But he calls him Father, who loves you. That makes a difference, doesn't it? If God's with us, what's the look on his face? When you think about God being with you, a scowl? What's the look, Pearly? He's smiling a big smile at Pearly. Okay, I think he's smiling a big smile at you too. Because of his grace. I've probably told you this story before, but one of my friends, uh, Padre Lou, who's a Marino missionary, he talked. He had these great pictures of God's grace, and I, you know, I thought Catholics didn't get grace, but he had way better understanding of grace than I did. He talked. He talked about me playing in the mud and then coming up and giving a big God a big hug, or or me running the race and I'm a half a lap behind everybody else, and God jumping up and saying, "That's my son! That's my son!" That is how God sees you with a big smile. His love is the thing that we fail to get, which is one of the reasons we try to do it on our own. One of the reasons we don't worship, we don't pray, is because oh, we're not sure if he really is that happy with us. So we're hiding in the bushes, ashamed, like Adam and Eve, trying to cover up and yet God is saying, where are you? He's coming after us like he came after Jacob. Like he came after everyone in Scripture. So, seeking treasure up in 2023, what keeps you from praying? Think about that for a minute. Turn to the person next to you and say one thing. Next question, what helps you pray?
Okay, is somebody willing to admit what keeps them from praying? Distractions. Yes. So uh, iPhone knows how many touch times you touch your screen. They figured out it was 2,000 sometimes a day. Two and a half hours a day. But that was before. Now it's five hours a day. Anybody a little bit distracted by all the things you can know from so many sources? Yes, distraction, hurry, efficiency. Somebody else? Doubt, yes. Somebody else? Katie? Uh-huh. Right. I, is, is God really going to show up and do this? I don't know. Faith is the evidence of things unseen, and I've seen some things that aren't seen, and I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Thanks for your honesty. Somebody else? Pride. Ah, I, I think I can do it. I got this. This is a, this is a small thing. I can, I can handle this one. Okay. How about what helps you pray? Silence. Desperation. <laughs> yeah. Thanksgiving. Okay. Seeing others' needs. Yeah. Pray right away. Don't say, I'll pray for you later. Just pray for somebody. Yeah. Good. My failure, right. I don't want to go there because then I have to be reminded. And yet God is there to deal with our failure, right? He's saying, I forgive you. Go and sin no more. I, you know, neither do I condemn you. But yet we don't, yeah. Reading the Bible makes you want to pray. Okay. Good. Children make you want to pray. They help you pray how? There we go. Oh, talk to Jesus. Very good. Okay. Um, I've, I've uh, been enjoying a book that Tiffany loaned me, even though she didn't know she loaned it to me. Um, it was, and uh, so praying like monks, living like fools. And uh, so, I, anyway, uh, we don't, he says we don't pray for fear of being naive. This is the worst thing in our culture now. Nobody wants to be naive, right? We know better. Where did that come from? Well, it came from us relying on God and then deciding the enlightenment was we were going to do it ourselves. Modernity, we had it figured out. We we're going we're gonna to make this thing work, and then it didn't work. So science didn't work, the government didn't work, all the things that we, we so now we're not, no, nobody's going to snooker me. Religion didn't work the way we wanted it to. So we don't want to be naive. I don't want to get sucked in. I don't want to get taken, right? You following me? Silence. In other words, what if God doesn't say anything? What if he's just quiet? 
selfish motives. You know, what if, what if I go and it's really that I'm, I'm trying to get stuff for myself, and I, I don't know if I've really got the right motives when asking God, and maybe I might get it wrong when I pray, right? Here's the, some reasons to pray. Oh, we're overwhelmed. We're actually overwhelmed. We're actually anxious. We actually don't know, so why don't we just go to God and trust in God's character, even if you can't trust it, he'll answer the prayer. Just trust God's, God's good. At least I think he is. Complain. You look through the Psalms. Talk about bad motives. I mean, they pray all kinds of, kick in their teeth, God. What's good? There's all this just stuff, honest stuff in the actual prayers in Scripture. But we think we got to frame it all up right. You following me? Complain, ask, just let it out, right? Kids can also help you with that. They don't necessarily ask you properly. They just whine, crave, you know, well, they... The only way to get it wrong is by trying to get it right. In other words, if you're trying to get it, just do it. Just pray. Those are, those are some reasons to pray, because we are overwhelmed. God is worth it, and he, he takes whatever we got that's honest. That's what Scripture shows us. Philippians 4 says this. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Now, maybe that's near in time because he's coming back. Maybe it's near in space. But the Lord is near. Bethel gives us reason to do not be anxious about anything. Uh, that's a particular command I don't do that well at. Anybody notice a lot of people in our society aren't doing so well at not being anxious? Why am I anxious? Usually because I'm trying to figure it out. And I'm not doing so well at figuring it out. And how am I going to get it done? And the re reality is I can't. So he says, don't be anxious. Don't worry. But in every situation, in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving. Thanks for that. Present your request to God. Just ask. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You mean I don't have to understand it? I don't have to figure it out? I don't have to know how it's going to go? His answer is beyond my understanding. I, I just have to ask. With thanksgiving. And let him do the work of making me not anxious. And in every situation, sometimes it helps to have other people um, help you with praying, like Psalms. I got this book uh, for Christmas from my brother-in-law, Every Moment Holy. And it's, it's written prayers, very, you know, well done written prayers. I want to read you some of the, uh, <clears throat> some of the prayers, liturgies of labor and vocation, for domestic days, for one who's employed, for those who employ others, for laundering, the preparation of a meal, for the hurried preparation of a meal, for the washing of windows, for home repairs, for waiters and waitresses, for medical providers. Uh, let's go to liturgies of 
creation and recreation, for arriving at the ocean, for leaving on holiday, for those who sleep in tents, for the first snow. Um, here's uh, for the ritual of morning coffee, for a sick day, for the morning of a medical procedure, for a husband and wife at the start of the day, for the loss of electricity, uh, for those feeling the impulse to buy before shopping, um, for those facing the slow loss of memory or an inconsolable homesickness, um, for practicing the presence of God, and here's a number of things, upon seeing a beautiful person, upon tasting pleasurable food, upon randomly thinking of another person, etc., for waiting in line. If you need some help to pray in every situation, you can get some written prayers for, and actually I was reading one of these for, for fear of failure. Brought me to tears. There's things in every situation we can go to God and we don't have to be anxious about it. He's provided another option. Let him be anxious about it. He's not going to be anxious about it. <laughs> we can present our request to God in every situation. Why don't we? Because we don't think the Lord is near. I think that's basically what it comes down to. So stop hurrying and be still. Be still and know that I'm God. I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. That distraction thing. How do we be still? Stop hurrying. Stop trying to get it right. The Lord of Heaven's army is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. Psalm 8 talks about, Above the streetlights, O Yahweh, our Lord, your majestic name fills the earth. Your glory is higher than the heavens. When I look up at the night sky and see the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars you set in place, what are mere mortals that you should think about them? Human beings that you should care for them. But one of the things about living in the city is we mostly see our lights. Right? It's hard to look at the galaxies. And everything we've learned about the galaxies, you know that all of North America, if it was just the Milky Way galaxy, our solar system is your coffee cup. And that's just one galaxy. So, and the reality is that North America would then be like the Milky Way compared to all the other galaxies. So, we are not still to notice. We're too enamored with our lights, things we're doing, right? It's our Father's house. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. Remember who you're talking to. He's holy, but he's your Father. He's our Father. Matthew 6, I've been listening, as I've been reading or listening to the, the app we've been doing, and sometimes I read ahead and go back, and uh, I've been listening to the message. <clears throat> I like doing different translations so I can, and the reader on the message is great brings in the emotion of this. So this is what the message puts Matthew 6. The world is full of so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. They're full of formulas and programs and advice, peddling techniques for getting what you want from God. Don't fall for that nonsense. This is your father you're dealing with. And he knows better than you what you need. 
With God like this loving you, you can pray very simply like this. Our Father in heaven, reveal who you are. Set the world right. Do what's best as above, so below. Do you ever feel like you're not one of those prayer warriors? I do. We call ourselves a house of prayer. Sometimes I'm intimidated, like, but I don't know if I'm really that much of a prayer. And, and I, I mean, I'm the pastor. I should be like one of the best prayers, but I don't know if I am. What, am I, what are we intimidated about? Just pray simply, Dad, here's what I'm needing. I'm standing in line, and I'm impatient. Would you reveal something to me in this situation? Um, just have a conversation. My spiritual director asked me, so what's your conversation been with God about that? And I'm like, um, actually, I don't know if I've had much conversation about that. I've been thinking about it a lot. Just talk to God. Oops, I'm going backwards. Learn to pray by praying. The only way to learn to pray is to pray. So it's not about instructions, doing it right away. You just ask. Just do it. Just try. You can get different hints from different people, different books, different whatever. But mostly it's about doing it. Practice, right? The only way to learn to parent is to parent. You can get a book, but parent. The only way to be a husband or wife is to do it, to be a friend. Do it. Remember who you're talking to, our Father, who's holy. Sing. That's one way to kind of focus things is just worshiping God, singing, which we're going to do in a minute. Read a psalm aloud or read another prayer aloud. Like I just mentioned, uh, this book has, has those kind of prayers. Um, there's some good ones in, in here as well. But just that let other people guide you into prayer if you're not sure how to pray. And then this is one thing... Uh, and I've done, and some of you have done different versions. I'll do it very simply. John Ackerman used to talk about stop, be still, look, look at your day. Where was God present? Or where did he feel absent? What did you, what are you thankful for? What are you not thankful for? Just where did you notice God? Or where didn't you? Just look back at your day. Or if it's been a few days, you're, you're a week or whatever. Try to be like Jacob, a little more intentional. Where has God's presence been? Or where have I missed him? Or where have I been in relation to God? And then listen. After you've had some conversation, you notice some things, then take a little minute to listen. Maybe from Scripture. Maybe from silence. Listen. And then go. Do something. Some of you remember this instruction when you were supposed to cross the street, right? Stop. Look both ways. What was good? What was not so good? Listen. And then go. Do some one thing that God maybe shows you out of that. Because we want to be unlike Jacob. <laughs> we want to be people who respond to God's grace. With prayer. And we're going to respond right now with some worship. Come on, worship team. We're going to respond with some prayer and some worship because we have a loving Father. He loves you. 
And this is something we can do together. It also helps to do together because we get some support from one another. I've, I've talked more about the individual, but there's a lot of corporate. I tell you what, these songs that we sing on Sundays, they go through my head. I wake up with them. Um, Lord, we want to come to you. We admit that we so often try to do it on our own. I admit, Lord, that I, I am so bothered by what I can't do. I can't understand. I can't accomplish. And I so seldom turn to you and say, here's where I am. I so seldom bring to you what I have for whatever reason, Jesus. I depend on myself. I try to get what I need in my own way. I forget to confess to you that I've sinned. I've tried to do what I need in my own way. Jesus, would you just help us to take one more step in recognizing you, worshiping you, praying to you, having a conversation, sitting in your presence. Thank you that you are with us. Forgive us for not noticing. But thanks that you're waiting with a smile, ready to hold us in your lap, ready to sit across a cup of hot tea and hear what's happening and do something about it. So, Lord, we come into your presence now and worship you. Thank you for being here with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord God, we thank you that you are both the lion and the lamb, the gentleness of one who gave his life, and the roar of a lion who reigns, king of heaven and earth. Thank you that yours is the name above every name. Thank you that we can say with glad hearts, Jesus is Lord exalted in our hearts as we leave as well as, as, as we travel, Father. Thank you that you never leave us. Thank you that we can be lying in a wilderness with our head on a stone and you are in that place. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You are good, the king of my heart.